Welcome to this episode of Solidarity. This time, Claire, Head of Hub Cymru Africa, and Aileen, Head of Fair Trade Wales, will be discussing the importance of fair trade amidst the cost of living crisis. You will have seen in the research that the Welsh general public are more likely to boycott goods based on the ethical principles of the organisation. So they'll be discussing what exactly fair trade is and how it helps farmers and producers, how to access fair trade in everyday life, and also how we can take part in fair trade in Wales. Thanks and enjoy. Today we're going to be talking to Aileen, who is head of Fairtrade Wales. Um, Fairtrade Wales is a Hub Cymru Africa partner organisation. We work within the partnership to achieve shared aims and objectives around the theme of global solidarity and international development. Whilst Hub Cymru Africa focuses mostly on sub-Saharan Africa, Fairtrade Wales actually have a wider global remit and um, a part of the bigger fair trade movement. Um, as part of this Case for Solidarity campaign that we're running, we undertook some really interesting research to try and establish what Welsh people's attitudes were towards um, kind of climate change, um, boycotting certain brands, whether they care about global poverty and those kind of issues. Um, and as a result of that, we kind of became aware of the importance of fair trade to people in Wales. Um, so our research showed that Welsh public are 3% more likely to purchase or boycott goods based on the product or company's engagement with global poverty reduction, which we think is a really exciting attitude to have and a good way of potentially um, doing that classic, like putting your money where your values are or, or voting with your pound and all of those kind of phrases. Um, we also want to touch today on the importance of Fairtrade Wales amidst the cost of living crisis. Um, Fairtrade Wales has always been viewed as a more expensive brand or a, or a more expensive way of purchasing, but it's not necessarily true. So we're going to unpick some of that with Aileen today. So Aileen, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. So first of all, I'm just going to kick off with a quite straightforward question, which is, are you at all surprised about the results of the survey? No, I, I think they make perfect sense with uh, Wales and the Welsh people. We did some research um, into Wales being a fair trade nation back in 2018. So Wales was the world's first fair trade nation in 2008 um, and our research showed that people really felt that it fit with the identity of being Welsh or living in Wales and Welsh people have a long history of uh, boycotts and purchasing and um, active worker movements. Wales has got a higher percentage of population in agriculture and manufacturing and artisanal crafts which is uh, where a lot of fair trade works and so I think they can understand and stand in solidarity with others in similar situations worldwide. I think there's a great understanding between people and of the power of uh, taking action by buying either 
buying something positively or by boycotting something. That's really interesting. I'm really interested in the parts you were saying about that kind of solidarity between people in specific work, so like agriculture and things like that. So I might come back to that a bit later. Um, but I think it's probably important to think about the listeners of this podcast, hi listeners, um, and whether they actually understand what fair trade is. So can you tell us more about the work of fair trade? Yeah, certainly. Um, so most people will have heard of fair trade and know a little bit about it. It provides better incomes for farmers and workers in low and middle income countries. And recent research that has come out also shows that it provides better resilience for farmers and workers in times of difficulty and crisis. Um, so fair trade has something called the minimum price. Uh, and that is a price that covers production, no matter what happens with the stock market, what uh, farmers and producers are paid cannot go below the minimum price. That's particularly important at the moment. We have had a very volatile market over the past few years and the prices for basic commodities such as coffee and tea have been going up and down. Um, there's also something called the fair trade premium and that is for community development so producers have to be in organized groups whether a union a cooperative or another form of group and they choose together how to spend that extra premium um, that they receive and they do that on a variety of different areas they are the best people to know how to spend that money that's quite a different model to other forms of premium which is more directed um, and things that they have spent it on in the past few years are things really relating to the crises that we see happening and that's why their resilience is better so coffee rust is something which is affecting a lot of coffee plants at the moment as the climate increases coffee is a very specific product it doesn't like to grow outside of certain temperatures um, and so people have been spending their community grants on that. There's one group that have um, actually used their community uh, premium to protect turtles on their local beach. They're finding that the turtles are being uh, disturbed by tourists and other things. So they've set up a little turtle protection society. Um, and then also healthcare in COVID, people used the fair trade premium to help them access food, access medicine, set up COVID. Uh, vaccination centres and a whole variety of, of other things related to supporting health and food security. It's so interesting that fair trade takes people outside of that kind of immediate like livelihood and food production and actually can give them benefits in health and other areas and I think it probably is a mark of what we mean by global solidarity is lots of us are facing these issues together and I think Covid has made us understand that even more mm. um, like we've all had to access healthcare, lots of people have had to use food banks, lots of people are still having trouble securing like livelihoods and things so it's really interesting to hear that fair trade can be a vehicle for people to make those other changes in in their lives. It sounds excellent. So is that what makes Fairtrade better than some of these other brands that we see? So like the Rainforest Alliance, Coco Life, is that what sets Fairtrade apart? That's definitely part of it. So anything is, is better than nothing. Um, so we wouldn't tell people to avoid Rainforest Alliance or Coco Life, but we think Fairtrade is the gold standard. Um, and I think it comes from a different 
place in terms of solidarity. So it very much comes from a place of equality, I think, with farmers and workers and working together on things. So Fairtrade International on its board, it has got farmers and workers represented um, on it, whereas things such as Rainforest Alliance tends to just have NGOs on the board and don't actually have people who are impacted um, in the supply chain. So Fairtrade is trying to ensure and work in solidarity with people, I think in a way more than Cocoa Life and Rainforest Alliance are. Um, there's also on a basic and practical level, those systems don't have any minimum price. So at the moment, as the price decreases, the prices of farmers and workers can decrease. There's no bottom line going on there. Um, and with Rainforest Alliance, only 30% of the product that you buy with a Rainforest Alliance mark on actually has to come from a Rainforest Alliance certified farm. So actually 70% of that product, you don't know where it comes from at all. Um, so we certainly think that, that fair trade is better and part of that is to do with the solidarity and the resilience um, because we're also about transforming trade. Fair trade is the original social certification so we have organic that we support and there's vegan which is animals and the environment but fair trade is the original social one about actual humans interaction with the supply chain and the people involved um, and it is yeah better than the others <laughs> so that's an interesting so when I have found myself in recent months going into coffee shops because I know you and I know fair trade and I'm kind of very aware of it now and ask um oh is your coffee fair trade and they'll often say oh no it's better because we know the farmer it's like direct trade is that the right term is that the term we use for that Direct trade, yeah, direct trade is what a lot of uh, coffee shops will say they have. And if they have direct trade and they're paying better prices, that can be an excellent way to do things. I think what the fair trade mark does for someone shopping, it's your easy guarantee to tell what that is. You can't always tell otherwise. Some people say they might do direct trade, but don't necessarily know the farmer. There's no rules or regulations about direct trade, people can say what they mean. Fair trade is a form of direct trade. It is about knowing where your products come from. Um, there's something called FlowCert, which are the auditors of all the fair trade system. And if you have a fair trade product, sometimes you can type your FlowCert number in and see where your product has come from directly. So I think that there is certainly some coffee shops that are doing trade with a fair trade ethos it might not have the certification um, and they might certainly be paying more but we think that the fair trade mark also enables larger system change we don't just want we want all trade to be fair um, and so by investing in fair trade what you're also doing is investing in the systems to support producers and communities wider than the the single cooperative that you might be supporting yeah and i suppose it it um it demonstrates to like big supermarkets and things that fair trade mark is important to consumers if enough people are buying it then supermarkets presumably have to pay attention um and i suppose with the direct trade that i just mentioned i suppose you don't necessarily have the premium that you were talking about as well in that kind of collective action within communities it might just benefit the farmer and the person doing the trade on their behalf, but it might not necessarily benefit the wider community. It might be... Yeah, I think I think 
ultimately you just don't know and so if you've got the time and you have a particular coffee shop you love and you can research and look into what they're doing that's a lovely thing that you can do um, but a lot of us don't have that time and capacity to do that and finding out all of that information is hard so yeah I think there are lots of places out there who have got very good ethics and principles in what they're doing and I think that that's actually a real success of fair trade fair trade nobody had heard of it 30 years ago and actually it has grown and grown um and it's nice to see that the ethos of fair trade the fact that we have to consider farmers and workers in the supply chain is happening everywhere that the growth of other social certifications the growth of direct trade all of these other things show that people feel they need to talk about it anymore you've also got supermarkets and others doing their own in-house systems um, we think things should be outside of the house you shouldn't mark your own homework um, but essentially all of it shows that our campaigning that people should be considered in supply chains and are important has been successful to some extent. Uh, thank you, Aileen. It's so it's so interesting and so multifaceted and it gives people lots of actions, I think, to go away and think about. So I know now that if I'm going to a coffee shop, I might say, well, what do you mean by direct trade? I'm really interested to hear about what what's important to you and also celebrate the fact that people are taking action and know that and know that fair trade is a movement has been pioneering in that respect. So I'm gonna bring us back to the connection between people in Wales and fair trade. So I mentioned at the beginning that, um, that people perceive fair trade to be an expensive way of purchasing. Um, and we know that the cost of living is steadily increasing, um, which makes people really nervous. You know, people are having to cut back on things. Um, so what can people do to be more ethical with their choices when they have to stretch their budget, make their money last? Would we still be encouraging people to purchase in that way? Like, It is a really tough time. It's a tough time globally. The cost of living is increasing everywhere. And, uh, you know, there's 1.9 million farmers and workers in the fair trade international system and they are saying that their fuel prices are increasing their food prices are increasing it's a really difficult time um, for them it's a really difficult time here as well so there's a global cost of living crisis that is happening um, consumers can buy fair trade in most supermarkets for the same price as non-fair trade equivalents so i think it is mostly a myth that fair trade products cost more than others and so wherever you can buy a fair trade product for the same price um, as a non-fair trade product we would urge you to buy the fair trade product because you are supporting people who are also facing a cost of living crisis um, and you can get fair trade products online um, you can get them from and in supermarkets you can get it from Amazon and Aldi and Lidl and most other supermarkets you can also get it from Greg's uh, Greg's all of their tea and coffee and cocoa and apple juice and orange juice and hot chocolate is all fair trade uh, and so it, things don't necessarily need to be more expensive we do see that a lot of fair trade brands do market and sell towards higher income people and those things cost a lot 
Um, so we're not necessarily asking people to do that, but where things are the equivalent, and they are in many places, we would encourage people to do that. We would also encourage, if you do find something that's fair trade at a premium cost, um, to ask why that's the case, because some supermarkets choose to have fair trade only in their higher range of products and not in their basic range, whereas co-op's basic range is full of fair trade um, and other supermarkets don't necessarily do that. And that is something that we want to challenge, really, because the final cost of the product, if it is more expensive, it doesn't mean that money is going back to the farmer or worker, actually. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a bit of challenging of the myth around the extra cost, but then where it is found to be challenging businesses to do better for consumers and producers. It's really interesting, Aileen, because you're right about supermarkets. I, My biggest expenditure is probably my food budget. Um, and I shop in kind of budget supermarkets, so the Aldis and the Lidl's. But what I really like about those supermarkets is I can shop on a budget. I can get some nice bits and pieces and then I always go to the chocolate aisle at the end of the shop and you can pick up like a good bar of chocolate mm. for I think generally less than a pound mm. and everyone needs a small indulgence don't they so it might as well be fair trade chocolate I know that's mine along yeah. with litres of coffee a day so yes yeah. there's yeah. lots of very good chocolate out there um, and also the Christmas ranges are excellent and have improved year on year I have um I became interested in fair trade when I was a teenager and so um, my experience was with a double bar that some people may remember which was um, not the best I would say so definitely the, the availability of fair trade has increased massively over time um, and certainly around the budgets um, and a lot of people are limited where they can shop because of their locality it's very unusual for people to have access to lots of different places to go and buy their products um, so it's doing what you can in this in the place that you are and that's why sometimes it doesn't mean you need to necessarily buy fair trade but ask about it would be useful another thing to know is that i know there's a lot of nieces around in wales um, and that co-op and nisa have a relationship so actually if you go into a nisa you'll often find sugar and things there that are co-op's own brand and that they are fair trade as well so you can find it in a lot of places where that are difficult to access otherwise it's really interesting i find i find that the hardest thing sometimes in terms of buying fair trade is i try very deliberately now to not drive to a supermarket i always try and do those things on foot so if i go to one of the big ones like i mentioned i'll do that like on one day cycle there have a big bag, know that it's going to be a bit of a slog back to my house again. But when I'm just running out of things, like if I run out of tea bags during the week, I do find myself having to walk just a little bit further to get a fair trade tea bag. So I suppose it's in planning as well, isn't it? When you're going to be living and not on a budget and still wanting to make ethical choices, sometimes it just takes a little bit more planning and knowing our co-op is a good place where I can almost guarantee that I'll get a fair trade tea bag and some of those basics. So a little bit of planning probably helps as well in terms of, yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're able to do that, yeah. that's the, 
the time involved is hard, isn't it? Mm. So certainly, I think that um, we've actually been having one of our fair trade groups, your fair trade community groups across Wales, um, and one of our groups has been having this discussion among themselves lately. Um, and I think these are people who are sort of very committed and know where all the fair trade is and, and where to get it. And a lot of them have said that actually they're going to keep buying their staples as fair trade, so their tea and their coffee and their bananas, but actually maybe their wine they'll have less often or their flowers you can get fair trade roses they might buy them less often because those are those extra little luxuries that we enjoy but can't always afford at this time yeah that's always going to be a challenge isn't it and it's and it's a challenge in terms of yeah climate change as well I guess because some of those items might become more and more uh, luxury items because they're just going to be harder to farm they're going to be harder to um get to the supermarket so we in Wales have a strong relationship with a region called Mbale in Uganda and Aileen knows a few of the coffee farmers over there and I know they've recently had struggles because there's been enormous floods has that impacted the coffee crops at all do you know Aileen has there been any um, knock-on effect for farmers as a result of climate change there's definitely impact because of the floods. Um, I don't know about these latest ones, but unfortunately, you know, our relationship um, with Mayak has gone back for five, ten years. And the floods, you know, they have had floods in this past month, but they've had floods for the past few years now. Um, and... Climate change is so complex, you can't necessarily prove that something is as a result of of climate change, but the rapidity of them, the amount they come, the deaths that are involved, the crops that disappear, the homes that disappear, it is really difficult um, to be a farmer. And, you know, they are on a mountain um, in Mount Elgon, surprisingly enough, but... As we talked about earlier, coffee only exists happily at a certain climate and so realistically they'll need to go and move higher up the mountain but they don't necessarily own land up there in order to to grow the coffee. So it is really important that we support resilience and fair trade has been shown to be a way to to enhance resilience of farmers. They're also doing a project where they are planting more trees to try and help stop eroding the mud and the dirt from the mountain but yeah they will have lost coffee crop and things will get more expensive if there isn't more resilience put in but the expense doesn't necessarily get back to the farmers and producers and one of the other statistics in the research that you had that I found really interesting was who people in Wales think are responsible for these actions and I think that's really important thing to think about and people in Wales generally put businesses and corporations um, and the UN and international organisations at the top of kind of who is responsible for dealing with these sorts of things and that's exactly what we do with fair trade. We do ask consumers if you can buy fair trade at the same price please do Um, but actually it's retailers, businesses that have responsibility and um, we have an international organisation through the World Fair Trade Organisation and Fair Trade International um, who are working to try and have the responsibility for making supply chains work better for everyone. So 
you just touched on that a bit to say um, that, you know, we put the big institutions at the top of the ladder and corporates and they are the ones who really need to take the kind of big actions and the system change action that we need. But at the same time, we as consumers and individuals can also take actions. Um, so obviously you've talked about actually buying fair trade products, but what other actions can people in Wales take and the rest of the UK, because podcasts aren't this um, limited by geography necessarily. Um, but what can people take? What action can people take to support the fair trade movement more broadly? Well, there's lots that people can do, and um, I also thought this chimed really well with another of the questions in the survey, which was about what sort of things people take. And people said that one of the individual actions they take is discussing with friends and family. And that was really encouraging to see because I think sometimes with our British sensibilities, it can be quite awkward to talk about something you're passionate about with your friends and family. So I would just massively encourage that. If you are interested in this topic, talk about it with people, tell people what you've learned. Um, It helps raise awareness, it helps us understand, it helps us understand the world better and feel more in solidarity with people globally. Um, Something that you can do is join your local community. I mentioned that we have got fair trade groups there across Wales. Um, You can go onto our website, fairtrade.wales or maslachdeg.cymru and see the different fair trade groups that are going on and join in a community group. We have something called Fairtrade Fortnight that happens every year. It's the last week of February and the first week of March. And what we encourage people to do then is have um, events and put events on if you want to have a little fair trade tea party, um, something in your home, if you want to put on something larger in your community, um, that would be excellent to raise awareness and we can give support um, and advice on that. We have resources available on our website with buying buying fair trade gifts for people. Uh, I think it's a really nice way to sort of tell a story behind a gift that's really important to a lot of people and we know that we love our markets here in Wales and we talked about our crafts that we had earlier and so you can get crafts in Wales but you can also get crafts and other fair trade gifts um, made globally. Yeah I think that's all the things you can do if you have social media we have Twitter, Facebook and Instagram we're at Fair Trade Wales and you can follow us and find out more things to do. Um, we do run campaigns sometimes um with MPs and councillors and MSs as well so you can watch out and learn more as time moves on. I definitely agree with your point Aileen about discussing things with friends and family and linked to the point you made at the end as well about um buying gifts for people. I know I've been a very spoiled brat at times. Um I kind of hadn't discussed fair trade with friends and family. And then I remember Easter a couple of years ago, people bought me like lots of Easter eggs and they were all like Nestle or, you know, these generic big brands that don't commit to the fair trade label. And then I was kind of like, none of you know me at all. Why would you buy me chocolate? This unethical. And everyone's like, we we don't know that actually. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry I've been ungrateful, but if you're going to gift me something for Easter, I would rather you purchase something that is fair trade because I'd, I'd, I'd be happier knowing that I've received something that supported somebody else along the kind of um, the supply chain so I was 
quite embarrassed on my actions afterwards realizing I hadn't actually articulated that to people that these are things that are important to me and now everyone knows there's a whole raft of people around me who are now buying fair trade because they've they've understood why why it's important so. yeah I think gift, gifts are really important both in in giving and receiving sometimes and showing sort of your intent and and showing those sort of things I think it's um it's a way of demonstrating kind of your values. I think we also really need to be fine with people who aren't doing that, though. I think we can sometimes get a bit too high on our moral horse. Um, and there are lots of different ethical movements. And I think that they are, a lot of them have, they all have value. Um, and... It's important to be, I think it's always important to be thoughtful towards someone and what's important to them. Um, but sometimes we don't do this, we can't afford those things. Another action you could take is if you're donating to the food bank, try and donate fair trade products to the food bank. People who go to the food bank obviously get given food, they don't necessarily get to choose what that is. And there are friends of mine who would like fair trade but can't access it because of that. Um, so I think there's lots of different things that can be done. That's really important, Aileen, I think, isn't it? It's like you don't have to do everything perfectly. Just one or two actions can make a difference and you can build on those actions and you can do something that is that chimes with your own personal values and, you know, move forward from there. Because I know it can be really difficult and we do have to acknowledge that, don't we? Like, I always try and buy free-range eggs. I try not to eat too much meat. Um, I take other actions like that and... I hadn't even considered the fact that when I buy a cake or I buy some pasta, that actually the eggs in those products generally aren't free range. And you suddenly realise that there's a lot of complexity in your purchasing decision. So buying the final product, just an egg, if it's fair trade and organic, fine. But there's probably lots of other things you're not kind of aware of. So I think fair trade is quite good in that respect because you do have an acknowledgement when some of the products a fair trade is that right have I understood that like yeah, yeah so there are different um there are different sorts of marks most people will be aware of the fair trade mark people say it looks like a yin yang symbol it's actually meant to be a, a person with their arm up in the air um and then you've got blue and green behind that for the sky and the fields so have another look next time you you spot it um it's not the frog it's the little person. Um, and if that's on the front of a product, um, it means that all the ingredients inside it that can be fair trade are fair trade. So if you see that on the front of a chocolate bar, it means that the cocoa and the sugar, and if there's vanilla um, or other fair trade products inside it, that those things are all fair trade. There is also something called fair trade sourcing, which is where single ingredients, like you were talking about, are fair trade. Um, and so you will see this on a lot of chocolate products in the supermarkets that we were talking about. It will have a little kind of fair trade mark with a white background and next to it, it will have a word. It might say cocoa, it might say sugar, it might say mint. I've seen a tea recently with mint on it. And what that means is that that single item is fair trade. So for example, if you see it on chocolate, it means that the cocoa is fair trade, but that the sugar isn't. And the sugar in this instance will have probably come from a UK or European sugar beet farmer. Um, and so there is a way 
that you can see the individual items as well. But I think in fair trade, we do like to take the long view. We don't want people to beat themselves up. We like to celebrate. Um, we like to have tea parties and coffee mornings. And so it's really nice um, also to thank organisations that you love that do do fair trade. Um, and we want to make sure that there's the long view. And I think I agree with what you say. It's really easy as a consumer. Our decisions are made so complicated by the supply chains that exist we can't possibly know everything about all of them it's not feasible we'd have to be a superhuman to do that um, and we like to take the long view if there's something that you're doing now that's great if you can take another step that's lovely if you can ask someone else to take another step that's brilliant but yeah we don't want to beat people up we don't want people to feel negative that doesn't help anyone really and that that just leads to difficulties and upset thanks aileen it's been a really interesting discussion i feel like i've been working with you now for three years or so and every time we have one of these conversations i'm like still so much to learn about fair trade so i hope people have learned something listening to the podcast today but i just want to finish off with a question about you personally you've talked about like the broader fair trade movement, you've talked about kind of supply chains, you've talked about actions that people can take. But I just want to come back and say, like, what is it about fair trade that inspires you personally? And what is it that's kept you so interested in this movement for as long as you have been? Oh, it's a good question. Originally, I became interested in fair trade when I was eight, with a lady in my church who came and spoke about it. And I was hooked from that moment really but um it can be hard I think what keeps you what keeps me going is two things the first thing what got me hooked was it was just right it was just the right thing to do it was you know the with global solidarity our products come from other places they come from around the world the things that make our life enjoyable and happy come from global places and you have a connection with another human being and normally with many other human beings through the products that you buy and it just makes sense that when you buy something you haven't caused harm of people when you do that you don't want to buy a toy for my niece or nephew knowing that a child has worked on that toy you know you don't it doesn't make any sense I think that's really what got me hooked I think what keeps me going is hearing about its impact and hearing the difference that it makes and having met so many fair trade producers and hearing their stories. Um, I met a gold miner once who talked about their villages losing a man every month in the mines and since they'd started working with fair trade they hadn't lost anybody and the stories are very powerful that you hear and you realise again that it it's important to continue doing. It's difficult when you go shopping because it's really hard to even imagine that putting your hand on this box of tea compared to that box of tea has that big an impact. But choosing fair trade is a simple yet powerful way to take action on global issues. Lovely. Thank you, Aileen. I think we're all... We're all certainly convinced 
of fair trade being an absolutely perfect way of acting in solidarity with other people. So I hope having listened to this, you're all, you're all going to go out and become a, a consumer that thinks a little bit more about um, the actions you take when you're purchasing. Um, yeah, and thanks very much, Aileen. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thank you. For listeners solidarity if you want to find out more about any of the things discussed today please get in touch look out for more podcasts in this series bye